0: G'day footy fans and welcome back to the OTL NRL Fantasy Podcast. In this episode, Liam and I put my side on the operating table and try to identify how I've dropped from 144th overall to 1517th in the last five weeks. Uh, We've had (laughs) had some big movements in the OTL Cup to review and as always, we've got a bunch of listener questions at the end of the show. Let's dig in. Mate, I think this has been the kindest teamless Tuesday for a while. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. I was sweating on a couple of guys, Bradman Best and Tom Starling um, being at the top of my list. And they're both names. So nice to look down and see 17 green dots this week, which isn't something I could
1: say last week. Well, before we get into elective surgery for the week, I'll let you know how I went. I got 988 points, so slightly disappointed because it was one of those game weeks where a lot of people hit that 1K mark, uh, but my rank dropped a couple of hundred spots to 7.1K. Uh, I did play with 16, though, because I had Peachy out for two weeks as well as James Roberts, and I didn't obviously want to bring in another center, so I was quite happy to play 16 and uh The only trade I did that week was bringing Reese Walsh in that
0: worked quite well for Jermaine Azarko. Yeah, very nice trade in there with Walsh. Uh, we got the news early that he was going to be swapping to fullback, uh, and I got a text pretty soon after from you <laughs> saying that you're pulling the trigger. So that worked out really well, uh, particularly because he's been named in the number one jersey ahead of round 12 as well. Um, I think that's a decent score with 16 players, um, certainly a lot better um, than I did on my side. So uh, I think you're doing well there, but have you got 17 this week?
1: Yeah, I do actually have 17 pending uh, Angus Crichton's result uh, this evening, which we should keep an eye out to see if he is suspended. So, we'll keep an eye out and we'll mention it throughout the podcast. Uh, at the moment, I'm looking at maybe aggressively trading this week. Uh, I got the analogy uh, getting some cojones and um, <laughs> trying to maybe yeah, maximize the two trades. Um, but I'm looking at the moment, potentially Nico Hines, and I'm getting rid of Pappenhausen, who we'll talk about a bit later on, because it's one of the hottest topics in fantasy this week, as well as potentially using another trade for Sam Walker for another middle, but I can get a premium middle option as well. So
0: we'll uh, we'll soon find out in the next couple of days. Yeah, and I think you've got Papalee from memory on top of the list there. I think uh, he's looking like a great middle target uh, ahead of round 13, given that he'll play the buy and he has come back in price a little bit as well. So um, I think you're on the money with those two trades. If you do decide uh, to play a little bit more aggressively, Uh, that is one option for me as well, Liam, but we'll chuck my side on the operating table now for elective surgery. And as a bit of a recap, just before we jump in, uh, in case um, some of our listeners have only jumped on board now, I was slow out of the gates, ranked around 2.2k through three rounds this year Uh, and then I jumped on Isaiah Papali'i in the mid 500s and he was a bit of a game changer for me. Ended up closing my rank to around 150th overall and I stayed around there from rounds four to six and life was good. Yeah, you are bulletproof during that time, weren't you? (laughs) Things were going well. But from round seven to now, uh, it's been a very different story. And slowly but surely, uh, I've been on a consistent slide. Uh, So I've only managed 16 players in two of the rounds across this stretch. And I've missed some key players, as well as made a couple of poor decisions in dealing with my injuries, and and in particular, my hold cell decisions. So we'll pull up my current side on my second screen here. You're nice and close to that one. Uh, straight away, you'll notice a glaring emission of Tommy Turbo. You might be wondering, what on earth is AJ Brimson doing there <laughs> in his place? Um, so that's obviously the first um, area I think I made a, a big mistake there. Tommy Turbo as I sort of discussed on the podcast, burnt me pretty badly last year. Um, It was actually over on the Supercoach format, but in a cash league there, brought him in and injured. So um, he kind of went into that never again pile. And uh, it looks like it's cost me quite a few points um, over the last few weeks because he's arguably been maybe behind Cleary, the form player of the competition. And never again
1: for me as well last season. However, due to his p- price point, I had to pick him up. But yeah, AJ Brimson, he's done okay for you. But I think just Tommy Turbo just excelling, arguably being one of the best players of the season already. Yeah, he's really burnt you and it's probably too late to pick him up now. Other ones, players I'm looking at as well in your squad is you obviously don't own a Hines either or a Reese Walsh. But you've got some other great players in there like Tohu Harris and Papali'i and Crichton in that middle which is very, very scintillating.
0: Yeah, so hopefully we'll get some news on Crichton throughout this podcast. Um, Tohu Harris and Isaiah Papali, he have been solid. I have got David Fafita coming back this week, but you're right, it's those electric young fullbacks with the really high ceilings that I don't own, and I think that's a lot of the reason um, that I've been falling backwards, as well as probably holding guys that um, – I perhaps should have moved one or two of. Um, So I've been holding Pappenhausen and David Fafita, who I just mentioned, also had Best and Peachy as Red Dots last week and didn't trade up to get a full team. So it hasn't been fun over the last couple of weeks. But looking forward, Liam, what would you do in terms of surgery on this team to try and help get my side heading back in the right direction?
1: Well, I'll be looking at someone like Pappenhausen. Um, I know he's out potentially for another three weeks, uh, but I'd be looking actually to utilize his cash somewhere else, to be honest. Uh, I think Nico Hines is a perfect opportunity because he's just going to be there while Pappenhausen's out. So it's like for like. Um, He's got a really good minus 19 break even this week. So he should make some decent cash. Uh, That's someone that I'd be looking at at the moment. Um, Otherwise, I can understand why you may be hesitant to trade because you've got a full strength team at the moment and that extra one or two trades where you don't utilize for the sake of it could really come in handy, especially
0: after game three. Yeah, that's the argument that I'm having with myself at the moment. It's obviously hard not to get excited about Nico Hines and it sounds like He's going to get three to four weeks in that team. um, And the fullback position for Melbourne Storm um, seems to be pretty hot property. So he should perform well over those weeks and probably make 150 to 200K all going well. Um, I guess trying to find a potential downside there. I guess Pappenhausen could come back a week early and potentially Hines has a couple of down games in the 40s, for instance, and then reverts back to the bench. Uh, However, given how well the Stormer performs without Pappenhausen, and the seriousness of his head knock, given that he's had two uh, in a short space of time, I can't see Bellamy rushing Pappenhausen back. He just doesn't have a reason to. So um, that's what I'm throwing up in my head at the moment. Uh, I could bring in Hines in one trade for Sammy Walker and actually keep Pappenhausen. Uh, I do want him in my final team. I know that for sure, but what I don't know for sure is if I trade him out this week, if I'll be able to actually get him back. So what helps things there is that Ryan Pappenhausen has a really high break even of 100 plus. So his price will start trending downward once he comes back and Nico Hines will, um, you know, go a long way to bridging the gap between them in the meantime. So that's one option. And the original plan that I had mapped out for this week was, uh, Moses. So trading out Simpkin and Walker for Moses, and someone like Albert Kelly, um, who I wouldn't jump on unless you needed a cheap half uh, because we know it's been a bit of a roulette there for the Broncos.
1: Yeah, I can understand trying to bring Moses in because he is one of the premium halfback options. It's a tough one. I think for you, even just utilising just the one
0: trade for the week
1: might be enough.
0: Yeah, so we'll have to see where we go. So you're saying just one trade Walker to Heinz this week? That's what I would do, yeah. No, well, fair enough. I'll definitely take that on board and see where I end up this week. Um, for the listeners, um, out of those options that I'm looking at, make sure you hit me up on the socials and let me know which way you would go with that. Um, but it's time to move off the operating table now, Liam, and into the OTL Cup update. And there's a new front runner for our Peter Wynn score voucher with head coach Riley getting his side, Riley RLC to the top of the leaderboard after an incredible 1,141 points in round 11. It's great to see the OTL Cup in the last three weeks have three different leaders because I remember
1: at this stage last season, I think the same leader was there for about eight or nine weeks. So it is nice to see it uh, moving each week. Uh, He does have a very strong squad, but it'll be interesting
0: to see um, what he does with Angus Cron if he is suspended this week. Yeah, owning an extra like Payne Haas and Brandon Smith means that he'll be able to cover for Crichton if he is out for a couple of weeks. But what I really like uh, looking at his team is his back three with Tommy Turbo, Reese Walsh and Nico Hines there, the three guys that have uh, (laughs) single-handedly pushed my rank out to 1,500, and he's got that perfect centre pairing at the moment, I feel, of Jake Avarillo and Jack Bird. So he's done really well there, and I'll have to see if I can get anywhere close to him over the next few weeks. So you have to scroll down a fair way in the rankings of OTL Cup to find either of our sides. (laughs) I think you've had that issue for my team for the last sort of uh, 11 rounds. (laughs) No, we'll get there. Um, So moving on now, Liam, it's time for Liam's Unlikely Lad. Uh, Who have we got this week? Yeah, so special mentions to uh, Foda Waker, obviously, and Jason
1: Tomololo's dog, uh, but I'm going to go with Mari Talangi. I don't know how my pronunciation is on that one. I did listen to Bloke in the Bar this afternoon, obviously knowing this was my unlikely and both uh, Denon as well as Finchy, both had different pronunciations. So I think I did okay, all things considered. But obviously, three tries, four line breaks, uh, 93 NRL fantasy points uh, for a, a nice price of 320K. I don't expect him to have a lot of ownership,
0: but he did really well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Look, I certainly wouldn't be jumping on uh, by any means, but some of that defense from the Knights um, certainly left a lot to be desired. So uh, 10 tackle breaks for Tao in this game. So a well-deserved Liam's unlikely lad. And Murray, uh, I know you're listening, and uh, your signed photograph of Liam is in the mail (laughs) uh, express post as well. So keep an eye out for that one. Now, before we get to the best part of the show, which is our Q&A, we have a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the OTL NRL Fantasy Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, and the Manscaped engineering team obsess over technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience, and they spent 18 months perfecting the best ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to shave in the shower too. But one of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. As a listener of the OTL podcast, you can get 20% off and free shipping on the Lawmower 3.0 and all other products available at manscaped.com with code OTL20 at checkout.
1: So now moving on to our Q&A segment, we've got Austin who wants to know, how does he order
0: more trades from his DoorDash app? It's a great question. Um, I know a few of us have been hoarding away a couple of trades where others have been furiously burning through Mm. them just to get 17 on the park. So uh, I'd imagine the majority would be happy with uh, some more trades from DoorDash, but I've been a bit more of a menu log man uh, in my days. I don't get too much uh, food delivered, but uh, maybe I'll have to check out DoorDash. And if I can find uh, an order more trades button, I'll certainly let everyone know. I don't even know what DoorDash was until like round one. <laughs> well, that's good marketing, mate. That's it why is. people
1: should um, look at opportunities on podcasts. Uh, Ryan and Matthew, so they want to know our thoughts on pleasure. Uh Will he keep Ricky out of the squad? So he's 272K on that edge, but he did impress over the weekend with 63 points.
0: Yeah, he did really well. Unfortunately, I can't advise anyone to jump on, however, as we do have Jordan Reiki and Alex Glenn to come back into the side as well. Uh, Funny story on Ryan. um, He's actually a close friend of ours. And you know you're having not the best year you've had in NRL fantasy when someone that's nicknamed the buy round normally in our head-to-head comps is messaging me asking, oh, how many players do you have left and what's your current <laughs> rank mid-round? Uh, because he thinks he's closing the gap on me at the moment, which he is, to be fair. But um, shout out to Ryan. Um, Keep burning those trades, mate. I'll see you at the end of the season. (laughs) Yeah, he's never been uh, really that fantasy relevant,
1: even uh, no matter what sport it is. It doesn't have to be NRL. For example, I think I played about uh, fantasy EPL with him for about 15 years and he never finished above me. Uh, Same as with the NRL fantasy. But um, this year, he's quite significantly higher than me and uh, he's getting me nervous.
0: Yeah, it's going to his head a little bit, I think.
1: Um, next we've got adam and daniel so they're both thinking of selling sam walker for a cash grab but they can't really see anyone worth trading down to so there's not many options at the moment there's some really great discounted options such as uh walsh and heinz uh which are around in the similar uh ballpark in price uh, but probably one of the better cheaper options but obviously
0: that job security is in the air is uh, albert kelly for the broncos Yeah, not a lot of great cash out options near that basement price. Uh, I think you've nailed it in Albert Kelly's probably the only one that I would consider taking a punt on. But again, um, you have to know that there's plenty of risk in that. We've seen so many halves changes there at the Broncos. But uh, if cash generation is the goal, you might have to wait a week or two to see if a better cheapie pops up. Otherwise, a little cash out in Walsh or moving sideways to someone like Nico Hines look like the standout options. Now, Darren wants to know
1: our top 10 plays to own for first buy round. So, top 10's quite significant. We've named a few because uh, it's pretty difficult, especially leading into the origin period. Uh, for me at the moment, um, looking at round 13, I'm looking at players like Papali'i, Moses, and even Fogarty.
0: Yeah, three guys right at the top of the list. You've also got players like Madison and TPJ, who would definitely come into contention, but with Crichton potentially missing origin, they could both be well in the frame as well. Uh, Other popular guys you could throw into the mix uh, that would be really valuable in round 13 include Hines and even Burton, who's been um, a great center option in his own right, but he will of course move into the halves where we've seen he can score really, really well. So, um, they're the guys that are near the top of the list for me. Um, you've also got some others like Andrew McCulloch, I think will be really handy in round 13, uh, as well as Tyrone Peachy in the centres as well. So um, they're the main guys I'd be looking to um, get into my side ahead of round 13. And if you haven't already, make sure you take a listen to the episode we did a fortnight ago where we talked a little bit about general buy strategy as well. So um, that one might be worth checking out. So, Adam wants to know what a lot of coaches want
1: to know, uh, what to do with Pappy. And also, James wants to know, is Pappy a trade from a head-to-head perspective? So, from an overall perspective, um, I'm much of the agreeance of selling Pappy at the moment. I know he's potentially out for three to four weeks, uh, but he's been on my emergency list for a few weeks. He's 800K, sort of break even as you mentioned earlier in the episode. For me, he'll be a sell this week.
0: Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I'm actually considering holding just given that I'm expecting the carnage to continue from here to the end of the season. And like David Fafita, who I held for a couple of weeks, I just don't want to risk not being able to bring him back into my side. Um, Until the emergence of Tommy Turbo in recent weeks, he was by far and away the best wing fullback. And I think if you forget about the first injury and having held through that period uh, only to see him head hide as he's creating a try uh, and being out again. I think if it was three weeks back then, you'd probably hold. And if you're looking at it in isolation, um, I think you can definitely consider keeping him on your emergency as long as you've got the depth there uh, and enough by players, you know, for round 13 between uh, sort of 11 and 13.
1: So now moving on to Hayden, Nick and Jack. So they want to know the job security of Heinz. So we sort of touched on this before with Pap to be out for three to four weeks. We see him locked in that fullback spot. After that, though, we expect him, if Pap does return, to just shift to that interchange position.
0: Yeah, that's right. He's only there through injury. So once the Melbourne Storm get uh, their full complement back, he will revert back to the bench and unfortunately be no longer fantasy relevant. Um, If he has a big score in the week right before he goes back to the bench, you may not have to trade him out the following week if the break-even is quite low, um, but he'd be someone you'd have to be planning to get rid of pretty quickly.
1: We've got Mitchell who wants to know if any cash cows are on the horizon. So other than Kelly at the moment, there's no real standout, but something that uh, I think is worth noting that obviously with the, uh, the harsh crackdown On higher tackles, we may get some higher suspensions, more frequent suspensions. As a result of a player's out for, say, four to six weeks, the player coming in could be a cheap option. So it's someone to look at the judiciary.
0: Yeah, nothing really this week, as you mentioned, but um, certainly keep an eye out on uh, some of the charges that we're likely to see as players continue to adapt um, to these new rules. Dom wants to know, he's looking
1: to offload Pap and Walker, so similar thoughts to me, but bring in either... Papali'i and Albert Kelly or Fogarty and Luciano? So for me, looking at those two options, I would probably be going Fogarty just because I'm a huge fan of
0: him and Luciano. Yeah, look. Normally, I'd go for the Kelly and Papali'i combo because I like to go for those top line premiums and the genuine cash cows. However, with some question marks around the job security of Kelly, and given the fact that while Fogarty and Luciano won't be the best players in their position, I think at their best they are final seventeen worthy as well. So I'd have to lean that first option for Dom as well. So we've got Dylan and Dallas who are both looking to
1: trade Pap for a middle they've got over 900k do they go haas tpj or thompson so which way would you go with
0: origin around the corner yeah, I'd much prefer to pick up Haas uh, post-Origin now, um, given that we're right on the cusp. So I'd be looking at either TPJ or Thompson in this scenario. And depending on the news from Angus Crichton at the Judiciary tonight, uh, if he is free to play, I'd probably lean TPJ. Um, otherwise, I'd give Thompson a go there. I know Josh Jackson is back and in the number 13 jersey, but he's by far and away their best forward. And although he doesn't play 13, uh, you are banking one for that round 17 buy.
1: Yeah, I'd be looking at TPJ as well, but just hoping he didn't get selected for the Blues. Uh, looking next to Ryan, uh, thoughts on Ben Hunt as a pod. Also, Pap to Hines or Ha? So firstly, let's touch on Ben Hunt as a pod because he's owned by less than 3% of coaches, but uh, has been pretty... Um, consistent over the last few games. And this season, he scored above 63 points in four out of his seven appearances this season.
0: Yeah, Ben Hunt's a really interesting one. I think he was on the radar of a lot of coaches last year playing at Hooker. I believe you and I both jumped on. Uh, this year, I haven't really looked at him because I'm focused on overall, and he's about to go into origin. Um, but for Ryan and other head-to-head focused players, I think he's worth a look. As we've noticed, uh, Corey Norman was doing a lot of kicking earlier in the season, but Ben Hunt has slowly started to take over, and uh, he's putting together some really nice scores. However, at his price at 6 641k. If you don't already own Moses, whilst it's a little bit more boring and Moses is uh, going to be more highly owned, I'd probably still um, go for Moses and pay a little bit extra.
1: Yeah, I'm a bit of a Moses fan myself as well, um, but I can understand why you'd be intrigued with Ben Hunt at that 640k mark. Yeah. The only
0: other thing that I'll add to that is the Dragons are missing quite a few players at the moment. And uh, they had a big contest against the Cronulla Sharks, ended up losing that game. I'm expecting that will have taken a lot out of them. Um, so to back up again with so many players out of the team, they might find it hard over the next few weeks. And Ben Hunt's scores could suffer as a result. So looking at SL2 edits, is. Mommy still
1: a sell. So obviously, as we know, Momorowski uh, was included in the squad last week due to injury, but now with Origin, uh and round 13 popping up, Momorowski is definitely a hold.
0: Yeah, well, he's still there for that same reason. Edwards isn't there at fullback, so we've got Crichton shifting to the back and Momorowski coming back in at centre. So he should be there for the next uh, two to three weeks. And if you've held him this long, absolutely hold him
1: through this period. Now, Tom wants to know about three players, Walker, Laurie, and Alvaro. Are any of them hold? So, for me, uh, Walker is a sell, um, but only if really needed. Laurie's a hold and then reassess after round 13. And Alvaro is named on the interchange this week. So, he'd be a hold unless you were really going to upgrade to a premium option, such as a, a Moses.
0: I'd agree with that. Um, Walker is probably... A sell. Um, I know I mentioned that one of my options is to hold trades this week, but he does look set to drop a fair bit of cash, not playing round 13. So I think it's a pretty opportune time to move him on, uh, but I've hold the other two guys if you can.
1: Noah, who wants to know, is Luke Thompson a buy? So
0: he's been generating a little bit of interest, hasn't he, in the last couple of weeks, Luke Thompson? He has. He's um, probably my favourite player uh, at my club, the Bulldogs, and we spoke about him a little bit earlier and compared him to Tevita to Pangai Jr. I think they're both great options. If you think Tavita misses out on Origin, I think he's the way to go. Uh, however, if you're pretty well set up for round 13 and uh, want to pick up another player that won't play Origin and will be really handy in 17, I think Luke Thompson's your man, uh, Adam Elliott, has moved to an edge. We've got Josh Jackson back at lock, um, but I can't see a scenario where they're not playing him for significant minutes. And with his leg speed, a little bit of attacking upside, I think he'll be an exciting player to own.
1: Jack wants to know, Heinz or Walsh? So great, both great, exciting, discounted options. But obviously, I'd be looking at Reese Walsh preferably only because he's got that job security. Well, he seems
0: to have the job security at the moment long-term. As you say, both really exciting options, but I think this one just comes down to whether you're focused on head-to-head or overall. If you're an overall player, Hines makes sense as he will be a crucial number in round 13. However, if you're playing head-to-head and you want to pick up someone that uh, could potentially be there for the whole year pending some coaching decisions from Brownie, Walsh is your man. Now looking at
1: Jack again, he wants to know our thoughts on their right amount of numbers into round 13, and it's something we have discussed Uh, previously on a podcast and uh, we did go obviously over a couple of years ago when we had this issue again. Uh, Number wise, I think double
0: digits is probably the preferred number, isn't it? Anywhere. Yeah, I think I'll be looking at anywhere between 11 and 13, just pending a couple of selections there. Um, I'm not someone that wants to tear my team apart to get more numbers just for one round. So I'm just targeting one or two uh, potential keepers that are also available ahead of round 13 this week or next. And yeah, if you can get into those double digits, I think you're doing fine. Uh, just avoid bringing in people that will play for that one week and then be a red dot from thereafter. Maddie wants to know our top five have. So just in a
1: general speaking terms, outside origin, I think – people like Pappenhausen, Cleary, David Fafita, Turbo, and I'd even throw in Papali'i as well just for consistency. That could be a little bit um, controversial, but he'd probably be my fifth. Yeah, I don't know
0: if I'd have anyone else I could throw into the list there. Uh, It just worries me that I haven't got Tommy Turbo. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm just going to have to um, pay a premium for him post-round 17 um, if he gets through that period healthy. And the last question of the night, we've
1: got Kyle who wants to know our thoughts on possible changes to the fantasy platform in the future in light of the new rules. So, for example, he's thrown out a few scenarios like extra emergencies, extra trades, ability to allocate an 18th man. So, it's something that I'm sure will get maybe reviewed postseason. I couldn't imagine any changes happening mid-season, but obviously, I'd expect a lot of the uh, tackling technique to um, change over the coming months. So the suspensions and the sin bins you'd expect to decrease by the end of the season?
0: Yeah, I certainly hope so. Um, just with respect to additional trades uh, this year, I don't think that's going to happen. Last year we had a COVID affected season, which kind of brought on those trades from Harvey Norman. I uh, can't see that happening this year. And uh, I do expect it to be reviewed in the off-season, though, for next year, uh, if we do see that people run out of trades far earlier than normal, I'm sure the guys will look at some of these options like an 18th man or extra emergencies. So whatever changes uh, they make to the platform, we'll obviously cover it in the preseason, uh, in terms of the implications on on strategy and planning. Yeah something to keep an eye on later in the season but uh that's the end of the show. It's a great show mate. We got through um as people can probably tell I'm still a little bit under the weather. The voice has just made it. Um but I just want to say thank you for everyone that continues to support the show, especially everyone that sends in a question uh for us to go through on the podcast. So best of luck in round 12 and we'll catch you all next Tuesday. Talk to you next week.